and thank you for joining us for another episode of Professor Oak's Pokemon Talk. Now, unfortunately, Professor Oak is unable to join us because he's giving up Pokemon research to become a street performer. Um, is this a real report? <laughs> is this breaking news? <laughs> oh, man, I forgot. I forgot I put this down. <laughs> Was there? A- oh, man, I guess I'll have to keep an eye out in Castelia City. Oh, man. <laughs> He's going through some dark times. I guess he just has decided that he needed, maybe it's a different source of income. Maybe he has just given up on Pokemon research in general. I don't know what uh, I, what he's doing. I think it's that we're doing such a good job with this mm. show no, that wh- he's having he like a, uh, a crisis of, yes, yeah. Well, understandably so, because we do it so much better, Oak. So maybe you should pay us better, <laughs> Oak. Um, well, yeah, you know what? We'll go find him doing a street performance, and we won't tip him, tip him at all. Because, yeah, revenge. Bam. Gotcha, Oak. Wow. Got him. We'll just throw a Pokeball at him. Now, we left our <laughs> trainers outside Nacreen City after fighting off not one, but two Team Plasma attacks on Pokemon. I really am still confused about their general purpose. They want a free Pokemon and, like, make them not, like, in a bad... They, they want to help them, but they want to help them through abusing them and being mean. I don't understand. I feel like it's not that hot of a take to just go ahead and say that um, helping Pokemon is probably not what they're trying to do. That's just what they're saying they're trying to do. I know oh this is, like, mind-blowing, but... <laughs> Are you... There's no way. <laughs> Did I not see that one coming. <laughs> I do not believe you. There is no way this probably criminal organization would ever lie about their intentions. You are making things yeah. up. No. I know. The conspiracy theories have gone too far. Yeah, there's, I, everyone has their limit, and I think I've reached mine. Now, we could do a quick team check-in before we kind of get into the Korean city and everything we were going in. So how is Nick's team looking? Nick's team is still reeling from a number of losses, um, but you know what? We're living, we're learning, and uh, we're loving. Uh, So Nick has five Pokemon on his team right now, um, all level 15, so he did take a little bit of time to make sure everyone was an even level. Um, But we've got Liam, the Snivy, level 15, Yorkie Jr., Lillipup, at level 15, Seb, the Purloin at level 15, Pothole, the Rogue and Rolla at level 15, and Burb, the P-Dove, level 15. Burb is for sure, <coughs> bless you, Burb <laughs> is for sure my favorite of the names. Nick is a, uh, I mean, Burb and Pothole. Yeah. <laughs> Burb and Pothole, I think, are the best. <laughs> pothole is so good, honestly. I'm like, I think that's definitely my favorite for sure yeah it's it's solid i think especially getting the explanation made it even better um all right so oh, yeah we got angels team we got a whole squad going on we have eager beaver the and i'm actually going to use real names i think the duot right hey yes. eager beaver the duot yeah, coming yeah. in at level 17 we got nice uh grease lightning the blitzel also at level 17 we got uh, Sasha the Lipard at level 17. Oh. And we got Blossom the Mana at level 17. And there may or may not be some additions coming soon to the team as well. 
So got a whole little squad. Yeah, definitely an option for Nick. Now we can get into Nicorean City. Uh, the way you described it, it is the crunchiest granola place we've ever been to in the Pokeverse. Um, they got street performers, artists, warehouse like warehouse loft collectives. Yeah, it very much is like where every hipster in the Pokeverse goes to live. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Um very different, I feel like. This must be Brooklyn. Uh the the Brooklyn of Unova, I should say. <laughs> oh, true, true, yes, of course. Because it's not directly stealing from any real world things that is just a coincidence any any yeah, resemblances. Definitely not, definitely For sure, not. not. So yeah. When when we get there, uh, Charon, Karen, I, I like I don't know why I always want to call Karen. him Karen. Charon meets us in town and shows us to the Pokemon Center, and gives us some Chesto berries before going off on his way and doing whatever it is that Charon does. Um, oh, I can't look at that the same way now. Now knowing that he's part of the non-native berry like criminal enterprise, I just it's it's so sinister. It's evil. He's this whole time it's been evil. We just didn't know it. So, yeah, mm. apparently. You can say that Karen doesn't care about the environment. Got him. Yeah, certainly not. All he cares about is that poke bunny. <laughs> Monster. Uh now there's also At least he didn't try and battle us this time. Oh so gosh, actually. That. Yeah, the 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 incessant battling when nobody wants. It's just like thankfully and we've learned of other regions in in the world where this is not a law where when you make con- contact you battle and it's it's nice to see that other parts of the world have moved on from this because it is obnoxious and like bro we don't want to fight you we don't even want your berries like why are you here yeah chester berries are like not useful either so not what, even... are those the ones that wake you up from sleep that's a great question i i, Maybe? I think orange berry is the only berry off the top of my head that i actually know what it does um obviously i got confused about which ones fucking unpoison you so. oh, yeah. oh yes chesto berry wakes you up from sleep okay look at that <laughs> yeah i would have i would have had no idea but it's cool we don't need any berries we don't need any illegal berries we're just gonna take it and run away so we don't have to deal with them anymore um there is a woman in town that gives us an item that will boost the power of our starter pokemon's matching type that's either going to be the Miracle Seed, the Mystic Water, or Charcoal. So, you get a whole bunch of different options there. That's super fun. I was never one to ever... I never realized that those actually helped for the longest time. And it was like, oh, would you look at that? It, there's actually, like, a statistical difference. I thought it was, like, a moral thing. Like, it's like a, oh, it feels good because oh. it's there. Yeah. So, plus Mystic Water has a cool name. So, I was very... Yeah. This one is interesting because this woman actually asked Nick... And I assume Angel, like, oh, which starter did you choose instead of just mysteriously knowing as other NPCs seem to do in the Pokeverse? Mm -hmm. And I kind of wish Nick had lied and not said Snivy because, as we will find out uh, later in this episode, you get a Miracle Seed in the Pinwheel Forest. Mm, So now we just have two Miracle (laughs) Seeds, and maybe we should have said something else, but I digress. Nick now has a Miracle Seed for Liam the Snivy. (laughs) And it sounds like Angel has the mystic water for Eager Beaver. Yes. E- equally helpful. Equally helpful. But I wonder I wonder if you could have, like, if you would have asked for evidence. Because, like, no, I guess she was just handing that shit out. You got to go back. Just put put a little, like, wig and some glasses and one of the fake noses on Nick. 
and just have him walk up and be like, oh, <laughs> well, well, water started. And you can get some mystic water, too. You just keep doing it. You just get all of them and just have like a, that's how you can, it's going to be like a little business. You just get all of her free items and then sell them. But then we're no better than Charon, so we can't, I, I won't stoop to his level. <laughs> but at least we're not murdering the environment in the process with invasive berries. Now, that's right. Uh, there's also a friendship raider in town uh, and a woman looking to trade either a cottony or a patillil, depending on which version of Unova you live in. Um, I, I've always been intrigued by the, the trainers just running around looking to trade for very specific things because it feels so rude to the Pokemon that you have. Like, oh, here's this Pokemon that I'm supposed to be friends with. I don't want it anymore. Who wants to take it off my hands? Like, it doesn't feel like there's, like, a vetting process. It's not like you're, like, trying to see who's going to take it. It's literally like, oh, I don't want you anymore. Give me something better. Um, Man, so I've never thought about me the that. Because I feel like, at least talking to Nick, like, he always just trades away Pokemon that he doesn't care about. But then that's still, like so mean to that pokemon like not only do you not get to yeah. like be on the team and go on any adventures you just chill in the box which is probably pretty nice it's probably like a little like lounge spa situation going on in there but like yeah mm-hmm. you just chill in the box your whole life and then you get booted to someone else that you don't know how they're gonna treat your pokemon it could be like a charmander the anime situation where he's like actively abused man well we did yep. not do that trade and now i'm feeling really good about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i i'm not the type to trade pokemon strangers standing around trying to give away their own pokemon and mistreat them so fuck you random lady looking to trade your pokemon uh in unova now there's also shockingly a hipster cafe which i know you wouldn't were not expecting that this hipster place full of granola crunchy people were was gonna have a cafe with coffee and i'm sure lots of beanies um and really questionable <laughs> tattoos and things like that but that's that's where we are. I'm sure there's only like three and a half mustaches per square foot in this place as well. Um, <laughs> in this cafe, the proprietor give, they gave us a soda, which is cool. Like, thanks for that. For I guess that's like payment for dealing with uh, just how obnoxious. I'm not a fan of hipster places. I find <laughs> at least in this in this sense because like. Yeah, was not feeling okay, was not feeling like, the vibe there. You gotta love it was like obviously because it's a hipster cafe. It's like this old like 1950s style like soda fountain counter. Like if we had like our old like malt glasses and stuff. So like it was a vibe <laughs> at least. And then we just got to like experience the vibe for free. So like I you know is that me? Am I that person? No. Um, it's been very funny, a slight tangent, to see the, like, renaissance of people on Instagram making fun of, like, the 2010s hipster era with, like, the, like, remember when people would put the mustache, like, draw a mustache on their finger and then hold it like this up against their face? I've been seeing a lot of that on I Instagram do. recently, and I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> like, the high school is mems. That, <laughs> I, I don't think say, it's that, cool. Was that a uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was at least, like, where I lived. Um, and I don't think it's cool oh, yeah. again, to be clear. I think it's just that, like, that, like, making fun of the past, like, trends has, like, caught up to where we were, like, in the hipster era. So I am intrigued to yeah. see where that goes. Especially now that we're back in the hipster era in Unova. Anyway, <laughs> back to right. that green city. Smack in the middle. <laughs> and now for a quick word from our sponsors. The Knack Green City Artist Collective is currently accepting new members. 
For applicants to be considered for membership, potential new members must meet or exceed the following criteria. 1. Be actively engaged in creating art. A portfolio must be submitted for review. 2. A personal statement on the potential new members' contributions to the collective. 3. A collection of no less than 10 flannel shirts. 4. Be in possession of black, plastic-framed, or frameless glasses. Contact lens wearers will not be considered for membership. Lensless glasses are also acceptable. 5. At least two non-ironic mustache tattoos. 6. Demonstrated ability to differentiate between summer and winter beanies. 7. Documented participation in the gentrification of at least one urban area. And lastly, a belief that PBR or microbrewery beers are the only acceptable beverages. Note that this is a binary and not a spectrum. If you feel as though your qualifications are a match for our collective, visit the Nacreen City Warehouse District today to coordinate an informal interview with our members. We look forward to joining you, or you joining us, I guess. Now back to our show. Now, finally getting over to the gym, we do run into N, which is the long hair, long haired green man, long green haired man. Yes. <laughs> okay, so yeah, is it the long haired long green, green man, man from the team? I mean, look, he has so much hair that when you see him, it's just like, oh yeah, it's a green man because he's got his hair is just everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, just the green man from Team Plasma Town Hall, who challenges us again to a battle. Um, and he's got three Pokemon now. He's got a P-Dev, a Timber, and a Timpole. He's there. I don't really... I don't get him, still. I think I've been confused by him since he popped up. I mean, especially since he's now green. That's a, that's a plot twist <laughs> I didn't see coming. It's definitely um, confusing to have N and Nick... Because there's, you know, obviously similarities in letters and just trying to keep everyone straight. But what was interesting to me, and I just noticed this now, like looking back at my notes from this battle, um, I think this is three brand new Pokemon. Like, I think last time he had a Purloin and maybe a Lillipup, I think. And now mm -hmm. it's three completely different Pokemon and not those two. Like, it's not even like he's got a team of five, like the three new ones, plus the original two. Like, it's just three new ones, which is a weird choice. And I don't really know, like, yeah. where I'm going with that other than to, like, make note of it, I guess. Yeah. It is interesting. I'm wondering next time we see him what, what's, what the situation is going to be. Because if it's a whole new squad again, then uh, I'm confused as to what's going on Do you think... Do you think he is somehow... Wow. Is there someone else in Unova doing the same challenge as us for the first time ever? Like, are, did his Pokemon die, like, Nuzlocke style, and now he has a team of three new ones? Because he's probably he just, like, battling... constantly killing his own? I mean, probably not intentionally, but, I mean, like, he's got to be looking at Nick being like, okay, he had a Patrat last time I battled him, and now he has five Pokemon, and that Patrat's not one of those five, even though there's an open slot. Like, do you think he's having the same conversation, like, with his friends? 
maybe i hadn't even thought about that as a possibility that is actually kind of hilarious that he's just so incompetent of a, tra- of a trainer every time we see him he has to have a new team because he's murdering all of his pokemon that seems like something based on the little we know about team plasma that seems on brand yeah like, in their quest to save pokemon they're actually just like incompetent trainers that constantly murder their own well i mean i don't he's part of team plasma he was just like also there in the crowd listening with us Remember, was he not a follower i thought he was some like weird culty person that was involved with it i mean I guess, like, like, he doesn't he dress like be? them yeah but he was just like in the crowd with us so yeah no i had just assumed he was like you know like team plasma has all the people dressed funny and that's yeah. like the the like staff members of team plasma but I figured all, like, the cult members and stuff were just regular people that are, like, amongst the, the oh. crowd and everything. So, like, while he's not, like, he's not, like, a, a ranking official. At least that's what ah. that was my assumption. And, like, while he's not, like, a ranking official, I thought he's he was still, like, like part of them. He's just, yes, yes, okay. very much so. Okay, yeah, I guess that could be true. Um, at least that's how, I, that's how I read the situation. Well, I guess he could also just be, like, what we were just talking about with the, um... Pokemon chilling in the box, like maybe he's just rotating through all his Pokemon, so they all get a chance to adventure. There's a lot that could be happening here. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot going on. But either way, he got his ass kicked by both Obviously. Angel and Nick. So that's that's yes. wonderful to see. And after defeat, he becomes inspired and claims that he's going to meet and befriend a legendary Pokemon to become strong enough to free all of them, which. Again, I really do want to know this, like, hidden intention. Because, like, free is definitely code word for, like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, yeah, there's there, there's definitely, it's like, I feel like every time they say free, it's like a code word for their brain. Like, saying, like, make, I don't know, what is the worst thing you could do to a Pokemon? Um, I don't know. I assume it's, like, the worst thing you can do to a cat. Like, put a hat on it. Or, like, put little shoes on it. <laughs> Oh my like god. I've, I've never seen I've never put, seen an animal more miserable. <laughs> when I put Luna in the Halloween costume, did I send you that video? Oh man, she was no, so you did not. sad. Okay, I'm gonna send it to you. You can watch it afterwards, but it's very, very yes. funny. Anyway, um Yeah. But, I don't that, know that's what my that's to. my thought process. That's my maybe you know what that's what it is. Because one of Angel's favorite genres of videos is watching dogs with shoes be really confused and forget how to walk. Oh, and no. my first my first thought is what if this whole team plasma thing and end specifically their goal is to put little baby shoes on every pokemon so they all forget how to walk and like free them. It's like, "Oh, now they won't have little toe blisters, but they're all going to be terrified and miserable." That is what they're doing. Okay, important question. Now this is just for my own curiosity. What about Tangela? Is it already wearing shoes, or are the shoes its feet, and then it gets new shoes on top of the current shoes? <laughs> that is a wonderful question. There's multiple Pokemon who, like, apparently are wearing shoes, but is that what their foot looks like? Um, yes. I mean, Tangela's I have never... what I think of off the top of my head, but, like, there's got to be others. Sorry, Tangela. Yeah, they're... they're... Tang- thank you. Tangela sounds like a... <laughs> Tangela sounds like someone's coworker. Like Tangela in accounting said this. Like, it's it's Tangela. It's a, it's a little tangle person. Um, yes. Who's maybe wearing I don't know. shoes? That's a great okay, well, question. Maybe uh, my we guess would be. Let Ed 
and succeed and then like import a tantula from Kanto and just see what he does with that. Yes, and that will once and for all answer the question, does Tandela have shoes or are those its feet? Because I think that's a yes. question everyone asks themselves at least at least once a day. Like, if you don't yeah. ask that at some point in your day, what are you doing with your life? You're what clearly have you... not contemplating life's greater mysteries. <laughs> not even a little bit. So I think this is the, the direction we need to go with this. Um, we will solve this mystery and we will do it. Uh, that's, that's what we're here to do at Pokemon Radio. Solve the world's biggest <laughs> mysteries and get to the bottom with cutting-edge journalism. Um, now, yeah, so he's going to go put shoes on Pokemon. We get it. Prior to entering the gym, though, N's team did inspire Nick, apparently, to head west um, and go catch more Pokemon. So look at that. So what did Nick go and do? Yes, yeah, so to the west of Nat Green City is where we find Pinwheel Forest. Um, but there is this really nifty substantive area outside of pinwheel forest we can talk about that in a second um but nick did pop into a patch of tall grass um and catch marco the timber at level 15 and thad the tim pole at level 14 and i will let nick explain those names right now okay tell us about tim pole and timber tim pole you can really see it right on his face He's trying to make the best of it. He's putting a brave face on, but in all reality, he's having a terrible, terrible time. And that's true for everyone in New York City, regardless of what they tell you. Timber is really more for his evolutions. Uh, You know, he's a hardworking construction worker. He's probably named Marco. He's a good old boy. He's Italian. You can maybe hear my accent coming out a little bit. He's from the Bronx. He works hard, you know? He works hard, takes care of his family. Is that too much to ask? And what did you name Timple? Oh, Timple is named Thad. Because he is a tadpole. <laughs> well, a thadpole. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I- totally makes sense. Definitely tracks. Thankful to have Nick and his infinite wisdom. Um, and to make I think my, my on- favorite part... <laughs> No, this is my favorite part of every episode is going back so I can listen and hear all of Nick's reasoning because Nick has the like the greatest, the most deep philosophical reasons for naming Pokemon and it's wonderful. Yes, it should be noted if you haven't picked up, I'm sure you know this, uh, friends, but like I, I drop in all of the stuff after we record this part. So like Derek and I are mostly just reacting to, <laughs> to our own <laughs> to feelings bouncing around our heads. Anyway, to make room for two new Pokemon on the team, uh, he retired Seb the Purloin, um, but did not send Seb to the box. And this is really going to grind Derek's gears. Um, He sent Seb back to the Pokemon daycare, which, uh, (laughs) yeah, Derek hates the daycare. But Nick was like, look, Mm -mm. you're a happy little kitty cat. Maybe you'll come back to the team one day. So might as well, like let you hang out with little kids and other Pokemon in the daycare setting and level up a little bit while you're at it. And maybe, you know, that'll come in handy one day and maybe not. And that's okay. I I think that's an acceptable one. I will actually, as much as I despise the daycare, I will say, okay, that's acceptable. That is a very acceptable reason. Especially uh... when it's like a Nuzlocke situation. Like he's not throwing a Pokemon in the daycare specifically because he doesn't want to raise it. It's like, it's just going to go in yeah. the box otherwise, so might as well hang out at the daycare, you know, instead. 
No, very much. I, I will agree with you there. That, that, that one, it's acceptable. I will deem it acceptable <laughs> no matter how much I hate the daycare. Now, uh, getting into, so Angel didn't, that, that area did get explored, but I think you said we'll get to that in a little bit because there's a whole thing there. But yes. we did kind of jump straight into the gym in the Korean City, uh, in the museum and gym, which is kind of like a, a package deal here. So yes. um, when you first get into the Korean City Museum, a tour guide spots us and basically just like shows some of the, the high the high end exhibits, which there's only like seven exhibits. So I don't understand the purpose of you needing us to like, it's not like this is like a 17 room building and you need to be like, oh, these are the highlights. Like we know what the highlights are. There's only six things here, but yeah. whatever. Um, he begins with a dragon skeleton uh, and that they claim is this rare and ancient Pokemon. But we've talked about this before. Like it's literally just a Dragonite. Like y'all just found a dead Dragonite. Why are you trying to, like, it's not even, like, like, a mysterious skeleton. No, okay, and to be clear, like, they only have Unova Pokemon, right? Like, we are halfway across yeah. the world, oceans away from the other four regions that we've been to so far. Okay, fair, fine. It's not an endemic, Dragonite is not endemic to Unova, you know, I, I can buy that, I can understand that. What I cannot understand is that they seem to genuinely not know about the other 493, I counted, 493 Pokemon that exist in those other four regions. I mean, like, we know about Pokemon. (laughs) We know about plants and animals and fish and shit that live halfway across the world that are not present in North America. And it's not like Mm. Unova's living without internet, like... The sea gear, the X transceiver, like they have the technology to communicate like across long distances. So like, how the fuck do they not know that this is a Dragonite? Like, I, I really can't tell if this is like an elaborate like hoax, almost like the Emperor's New Clothes situation, where like everyone is just collectively gaslighting visitors into being like, no, this is not a Dragonite. It's this ancient rare skeleton. Like, I, I just, I'm. I'm so confused about what's happening here. Yeah, that's like I mean that's a great point. I I, I at first I thought they were just trying to be sneaky and just be like, "Oh, mystery dragon." And like the funniest thing is, you know how some like some animals, Pokémon, everything have like skeletons that you can't really necessarily tell what it is at first. Yeah. You have to kind of like look at it cuz there's like other non-bone structures that are important, but like Dragonite is the most obvious like but you don't even like that is so it's obviously got the a dragonite. little unicorn horn on its skull. That's clearly a dragonite. Like, <laughs> literally no mystery whatsoever. It was just, it was a mess. But whatever. Let, we'll let them believe they want to believe. You you have a dead dragonite there. It's not mystical. It's just sad. Now, um, I know that we're, uh, you basically mentioned that there's another side of the world. But the other thing that bothered me about this, because it's not just the fact that they should know what a dragonite is. My shock is that no one else here has noticed because people don't like this is a museum that people from all over go to so this is not just the museum people it's also like the patrons of the museum that are from around the world and are from different areas of the world that do they not say anything do they feel bad is it one of those deals where it's like they just assume everyone from not from their region is stupid that is the thing that really gets me the most because look museum people maybe they're being schemers maybe they are just not educated but everyone else man so that would literally be like going to japan and seeing like an exhibit about buffalo and being like this is an ancient prehistoric animal that 
is, you know, mysterious. Yeah. It's like, no, it's a fucking buffalo. Like, they live in the Midwest, <laughs> the plains. Like, they, they're still alive. They still exist. Like, I've seen them. Like, literally 100%. That, that was my first thought, was just like, that... Yeah. Yeah. I don't, wow. I don't get it. Man. Okay. So yeah, Nacreen City Museum really not the pinnacle of research, clearly, um, and not no. really selling Unova to visitors <laughs> as like a real yeah. place, <laughs> like at all. So do you museum? But we are on to you. This is not. I was. This, I love museums. I'm a nerd. Muse- museums are great. I love museums too. Especially science ones, because I feel like some of like the art and stuff museums, it's just like, oh, look what we all stole, and our pretend is gonna be real <laughs> and all that. But like, science museums are great because I feel like you like learn stuff and like, even like fossils and stuff like that. Like all that I think is cool to have on display so people can like see and like experience all that. Science museums, one of my favorites, but this one was not the most uh, inspirational. But getting before we actually get into the gym itself. Um, there is a secret entrance and everything to a gym, and to the gym leader, and we're going to get into all that exciting stuff, but I think first we have to cut to an exclusive interview with this museum curator, because we have some questions that we just started asking, and we might be able to get some answers. So let's head over on to Field Correspondent Gabby. A quick break, and we'll be right back with the show. Hi there, folks. Field Correspondent Gabby here with Haas, the curator of the Nat Green City Museum. It's so good to have you here with us. Thanks for taking the time to talk to our listeners today. Hello, it is wonderful to be here and talk to you about my museum. Well, let's just jump right into questions. What do you say? Sounds jolly to me. Awesome. All right, so um, tell our listeners, how long have you been the curator of the Nat Green City Museum? Well, I've worked in the museum industry for many, many years, and I've been the curator for about a decade now. Uh, they told me that I was uh, promoted because I was the most qualified, and I asked no questions, and I just did whatever they said, and I took it as a great compliment, and it means I'm good at my job. All right, cool. Um, well, tell us, what does being a museum curator entail? What does your day-to-day look like? The number one thing they tell me over and over is don't ask questions. So I spend my whole day making sure I ask no questions. So if somebody hands me something, I make sure no matter what, no question can pop into my head. So I go through my day trying to make excuses for what I do and and really convince myself that what I do has purpose without ever questioning what it is that I do on a daily basis. Uh, Most days I just sit in a chair. Um, and I have other people tell me things, and I, I nod my head, and, and I sign my name. I sign my name on so many things. So many things. So that's what I would say I do. I sign my name. That's a very interesting departure from, you know, the scientific method that we all know and love, especially as a, a museum curator. But, you know, to each their own, if this is how the museums run, that uh, checks out to us. Um, so uh, you're really proud, I can tell, of this dragon skeleton that you've got on display here so um tell us how did you acquire this ancient dragon skeleton that is a wonderful question but uh i didn't ask any questions they handed it to me and i just took it i don't know we could make up a story or something but they they told me they handed it to me and i asked i didn't ask a question to them but if i had they would have told me do your job we put you here not to ask questions i will kill your family something to that effect and i I chose not to oh um that's a good turn all right well 
Um, we just have time for one more question. Uh, the patented hard-hitting question for the folks at home. What do you say to the allegations that the museum is a front for a name-brand sneaker manufacturer sweatshop? I would say sweatshop's a bit harsh, but... Now back to our show. Okay. Um, that's Pretty a theory. Much I guess that... about what I expected going into that. Yeah. Poor Gabby. Good job, Gosh. Gabby. Just Ugh. getting to the sad, depressing ends of journalism. Proud of you, Gabby. Um, now... <laughs> Now, going, moving on from there, let's get into the actual gym. This is more exciting, less depressing, and less, uh, I guess, mysterious, so to say. Um, it's just a Pokemon gym. There's no, we don't think there's a front here. We don't think there's any sort of hidden agenda to show common everyday Pokemon as rare fossils. Um, Clive, which is just the great name for a the hanging out guy, was it, what, what's his like? Uh, what do you call the person at the front of the gym? The greeter? Yeah, the gym greeter. Okay. Yeah. Gym greeter, okay. Gym greeter yeah. Clive lets us know that this gym specializes in normal types. Uh, the gym puzzle is to read books here, and you got to find all these clues with these books, uh, figure out what to read next, and then you like talk to these people that are on bookshelves. It's like, it's basically like you're in a library and having to look things up. It's interesting. Um, yeah, it does have a, it has a bit of a spooky vibe, so I was feeling that. Um, they I was were... actually not into it. As someone who does read a lot and does a lot of research, I actually was just like, this is, I didn't like it. I was like, this is kind of lame. Like, <laughs> As someone who never reads, uh, I didn't <laughs> read in this situation either. Angel took care of everything. Um, <laughs> I will say the one negative, and Nick probably had an easier time with this, a lot of the books were on very high shelves. Um, and both Angel, <laughs> uh, Angel and I are both quite vertically challenged, so that was not appreciated. Um, yeah, that, that, not that was not ideal. for Nick. He's no, uh, no. quite tall, so. <laughs> yeah, so that worked out well for him. Um, but moving on from that, because, uh, yeah, it wasn't a very interesting puzzle. I kind of just like the vibe of the library thing. It was like spooky, but really not much to really see or care about there. Um, but with Marco, uh, Nick had no problem with the gym trainers you mentioned, uh, but in the process of trying to level up his team, another there was another loss. No, what happened? Yes. What happened here? <laughs> Oh, I love when you read notes directly and then realize what they're saying in real time. <laughs> <laughs> it's that real experience. What happened? Yes. R.I.P. So Marco, the new Timber, obviously like is a fighting type, no problem, was kicking ass. Um, but trying not to let anyone get too overleveled, Nick was trying to throw out uh, other team members to keep them even and uh, lost Burb to a critical hit. <laughs> Not the burb. Yeah. That is, that is that is a tragedy. Yeah. That is it a tragedy. Is. That was the oh, that was my favorite name. There needs to be another burb. Yeah. Poor burb. Uh yeah, to a critical hit. I don't remember from what Pokemon, I don't remember what move, but it definitely was like, oh man, like was not in danger and then like was dead. So RIP to Burb. Last count is now up to four with Yorkie. A lily pup, Brady and Brady Jr., both Patrats, and Burb the P Dove. Um, so yeah, we're really crushing it this season. Nick with four losses, Angel with none. <laughs> the two Patrats was the, the the worst one, where it was just like uh, back I to mean, back. He clearly learned his lesson about that. So um, anyway, yep, back yeah. down to five Pokemon <laughs> going into this gym oh. leader battle against Lenora. Poor little pokies. Now, getting into Lenora, Lenora had 
uh, two relatively high-level Pokemon with a Herdier at level 18 and a Watch Watchog. Is that how you pronounce that? Watchog yeah. at level Watchog. 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say before this gym battle, we, we talked about that little side path that we'll get more into. Angel didn't catch anything there, but did a lot of training up mm. until that point. Smart. Um, so the Pokemon were were at the beginning of the episode in like the 17-ish. I think they were all around 17. Um, they were well, they were over 20 at this point, each of them coming into the gym. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so it wasn't uh, that, between that and a lot of hyper potions or super potions, whatever the best potion is available at these shops, Yeah, she wasn't playing around. So very much was aggressive with the, the gym. The trainers leading up to it weren't really much of a challenge. Um, but getting into the actual battle itself, was really not messing around too much. Eager Beaver was, at this point, the highest level. I want to say it was in the 23 range. Um, and even though there wasn't really a type advantage, uh, just being the starter, which always seemed pretty strong, and having a, a very str- large <laughs> uh, pool of potions to pull from, was yeah. able to make it through without any serious losses. It was basically just Eager Beaver most of the way through, um, and then uh, Grease Lightning came in a little bit at the end as well. And, and again, just kind of rotating through using potions making sure when you switch back they're all healed up uh, and was able to make it through without any any losses for this one yeah this could be a pretty harsh battle um yeah the pokemon have some really strong moves you said like retaliate and crunch um so nick i mean he did not spend a, obviously a ton of time leveling his pokemon um so instead of going for like the over level potion like just out grind the battle sort of strategy um he went instead for type matchups so dark type moves like crunch are not very effective against fighting types like marco and retaliate a normal type move is not very effective against rock types like pothole uh, the Rog and Rolla. So Nick really relied on mm. those two Pokemon to sort of match up against uh, Herdier and Watchog. Um, Marco, obviously being a fighting type, just like kicked ass all the way through, and Pothole was able to just grind it out by you know being a defensive tank. So um, it sounds a lot battle, more efficient. I will say, yeah, that. yeah. And I I knew that this battle can be really tough because Retaliate and Crunch are so strong for level eighteen and twenty Pokemon. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, Nick and I definitely had like a conversation about that beforehand. Um, and, uh, yeah, it worked out just fine for him. Not for Burb, but it worked out fine for Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the poor Burb. Oh, but yeah, thankfully I, outside of Burb, no other losses. And we're both, we're both able to see them get through this gym. Um, because you're right, those two attacks, they were doing a large chunk. Even being a higher level, it was yeah. not at all... I feel like even without type advantages, most gyms, if you're two or three levels higher, it's an easy just walk in the park. That yeah. was not the case. It was having to switch out and heal pretty consistently throughout the entire battle. And that's not something I'm used to seeing uh, from it. I guess that it's kind of a, just an intro and the first of much to see in this region of how difficult <laughs> a lot of these gym battles are. Where it's yeah. you have to spend. I think I, I've literally witnessed more training, just straight up grinding from Angel in this first leg of the journey than like the rest of the other ones combined. It feels like just to yeah. be like feeling like you're prepared enough. I totally buy that, and I mean clearly Nick is not doing enough grinding um, because he's impatient, and 
<laughs> I think that just means, yeah, he's going to have to, like, start approaching these um, gym battles with a different strategy instead of just, like, all-out offense. So uh, it worked out pretty well for him here. We'll see if that continues to hold. Um, but upon No more defeat, burb deaths. No more burb deaths, hopefully. Um, upon defeat, Lenora awards us with the basic badge, which is hysterical to me coming from the hipster city um and team 67 for retaliate <laughs> it is a wonderful badge name like it was very much like you get a uh a, some sort of uh like pumpkin spice latte handed to you with it yes. as, as you receive the badge right um, right <laughs> and afterwards too you get retaliate and then as the battle's finished up lenora's husband rushes in uh blubbering something about team plasma attacking the museum which is not surprising at all because at this point, the less sense something makes, the more sense it makes with Team Plasma. Because every time they're like, we want to help Pokemon and we're just put shoes on all their feet. <laughs> it, it, I'm just assuming that whatever comes up in their plan is not going to be something that make, seems like it furthers that. So they yeah. break in, or not, I don't know if it's, it was during working hours. So I guess they didn't break into the museum, but they come un, unwanted into the museum. They walk and, in and out with something that does not belong to them. So, so they stole, yeah. So even they're not even good thieves. They just did it like in the middle of the day with people around. But either way, Team Plasma <laughs> makes off with the skull of the definitely Dragonite as they're running in. <laughs> I don't know what they expect to do with the Dragonite skull. I don't know how this helps any plan they have. I, I, I genuinely, I don't know what someone could do with a Dragonite skull other than like sell it on the black market. And at that time, who wants a Dragonite or- skull? Well, maybe they are the only ones who aren't dumb and know that it's actually a Dragonite, and then the dumbness comes back. Maybe they're going to try and, like, revive it, but, like, it's not fossilized, so I don't know if that technology works that way. I was going to say, why not, at that point, you just can go catch a Dratini and throw it in the daycare, if you're, or catch a dragon well to be fair they would have to you know travel all the way to kanto for that i mean but like there's gotta be a dragon pokemon in unova that is way easier to catch you would think i I steal this pokemon skull but who knows and now for a quick word from our sponsors Hello! I'm here on behalf of Poke Doctors Without Borders. We're here to make sure that no matter where you are, if you can't make it to a Poke Center, that you can still have your Pokemon healthy and healed as long as you let us utterly kick your ass first. You can see us on the side of the road, see us as a friendly face, walk over and ask, can you help me? And we'll tell you, no, we gotta rub your dirt in the face first and kick your teeth in and then beat up your whole team. If they're already knocked out, we're gonna knock them out again. And that's what we're here for. We have to make sure you appreciate the good things in life. Because if we just gave you a fresh team and healing, you wouldn't appreciate it. You'd just take it for granted. You'd think, oh, my team can always be healthy. So we're here to remind you, you can be so unhealthy. You could be on the verge of death. And that's what we'll bring you before we give you any help. So here in Poke Doctors Without Borders, we want to let you appreciate the good things in life and make sure you earn them and regret ever asking us for help. Now back to our show. Yeah. Outside of the gym, though, we do run into Berg, uh, the gym leader of Castelia City, and Charon and Bianca. Oh, joy. Um, Lenora asks us to go with Berg in a pinwheel forest to check for Team Plasma while she heads over to the eastern gate. Uh, and then 
Sharon and Bianca stay behind to secure the gym slash museum. Good. Stay behind. We, we don't need any stay of that. Stay out on. of our way, basically. Yeah. It just, Derek got ugh. a lot of that this week of like, please just leave me alone and stay out of my way. So, Like, I'm just here to experience Pokemon. I don't need all this extra stuff. Now, uh, I do want to get... So we, we don't have too much more to get to on this episode, but I did kind of want to address that area outside of Pinwheel Forest. Uh, kind of getting into that because Pinwheel Forest is its own thing and getting into Sky Arrow Bridge and all that. But there is this weird area leading up to Pinwheel that is, I thought was a whole nother path because there's like some train tracks huge. and stuff over there. Yeah. I I legit was confused because we were trying to navigate through and neither Angel or, or nor I have a good sense of direction. Like that is not our <laughs> specialty at all. So we're looking at town maps trying to figure out where to go. And I was like, oh, Pinwheel Forest is literally right there. But there's this huge route to the south. And typically, and there were a bunch of trainers there and a bunch of patches of grass. Like, it wasn't even like it looked like it was a dead end. So you walk through, and there was a just this extensive path that you kind of circled around and came right back where you started. That, yeah, it, we had gone there earlier to train for the gym, but then actually explored it afterwards. And it was a lot of space for no, nothing. I don't think there was anything important there. That was the thing that no. threw us off. Was just It felt like it was like setting up for something important to be there. Yeah, it was such a strange space. I mean, I thought it was cool to see a small diversion from linearity because I feel like in most of the regions we go to, it must be just like the terraforming or something, how society has grown. But there's a fairly linear path that you go through if you want to travel through one of the regions. And this little offshoot I thought was really nice because, yeah, it's this huge space that doesn't seem to serve you know, a purpose other than just being, like, open-air green space for trainers to hang out and catch Pokemon and train Pokemon. Um, there is a nurse who hangs out there, um, and she will heal your Pokemon, which is cool, because now, like, we don't have to constantly be, like, anchoring ourselves to cities um, and Pokemon centers. There are people now mm-hmm. who are, like, chilling out in the overworld that are willing to help us, but she wants to battle us first, which seems a little bit cheap. Like, if we're coming to you for healing help, clearly we need, you know, our teams are in bad shape. But on the other ha- hand, it's like, you know, we're asking her to help us, you know, for no benefit to her. So, you know, she's got to get her kicks somewhere. Um, so that was cool. But then also in this big open space, there's this, like, rock, boulder, meteor situation. I don't know. That's just, like, on a cliff. Um and if you have a fighting type Pokemon, like Nick does, you can, like, have it punch the rock, <laughs> and then you get a star piece, which you can then, like, sell for money. So, yeah. Oh. I, I mean, it, yeah, it's not serving, like, a huge narrative purpose, but it's just like, wow, like, this is cool. <laughs> that is, I did not know the punching thing. That, yeah. That is funny, but that, yeah, it, it, you're right, it is a nice little switch up from the typical linearity. And being able to like explore a little bit, um, I am very much as you've been able to tell from a lot of the the journey so far. I'm very much the person who forces whoever I'm with to search every corner of everything because I'm OCD. So yes. that part of me did definitely had to spend way too much time, but I, I thought it was cool. It, it, it was a nice little changeup, especially before getting into Pinwheel because it's a very quick turnaround from Nacreen City over to Castelia City. Uh, there's not yes. there's uh, it feels like a lot of the cities are have more distance or you're, there's a lot of traveling time a lot of downtime this is kind of back to back so it was a nice little divergent path to just 
relax, essentially take in the outdoors before we get into Castalia City and all the chaos that that brings. So yes. that was nice. Um, so yeah, so kind of once we run out of places there, we get into Pinwheel Forest itself. Uh, and Pinwheel Forest is, I feel like every region has its its famous forest. Everywhere has got the, the little yes. forest you get lost in with all the bugs and all that type of fun stuff. Um, now, we already mentioned the trainer and kind of getting into that area, you mentioned the trainer that wants to kick your ass before she heals you, which is interesting. Um, That's a thing. But uh, getting into Pinwheel itself, we do catch up with Berg, who is very much uh, wants to cover and help. And basically he says, I'll cover this one path. You go out the long, annoying way, and you do all the hard work, and I'll stand right here and take two steps to guard this place. Yes. Any diversion from past forest experiences there is a paved like walking trail through this forest which i personally as an aside environmentally speaking i'm not against like i run on a lot of paved trails like through state parks and forests and stuff so i was very into seeing that like there's a level of accessibility here because there still aren't like vehicles or cars or anything like it's clearly a walking trail so as an aside i was into having this paved walking trail that goes through the forest That being said, Mm. there are off-trail hiking paths that you can go on that, like Derek said, wind through this forest and through the tall grass and stuff. Um, And yeah, Berg, who's a fucking gym leader, is like, yeah, you know what? I'll take the paved road. You go through the overgrown winding path full of Pokemon and trainers, and then we'll meet up at the end and see if either of us found any uh, team plasma members. It was, oh, like peak laziness peak laziness just to be like y'all got this i'm gonna take three steps on this paved path like berg i appreciate you you seem like a character but like you're really not doing much for yourself considering that derek already has the impression that all gym leaders are just really lazy so not Um, great but the only the only positive the only positive was that getting into this area there's more opportunities to catch pokemon um, yes. And, and it looks like Nick had an opportunity to catch some, and Angel did as well. Yes. So Nick caught two Pokemon here. Um, he caught Burb Jr. Um, so <gasps> Burb, welcome. Yes. Yes. Back to the team, Starly. Um, and he also encountered a level 15 Venipede that he caught um, and named Roach. And I'll let him tell you why. <laughs> Alright, you caught this Venipede? Tell me about Venipede. Oh, this is pretty straightforward. New York is mostly bugs. If you've ever seen Men in Black, that covers it pretty well. (laughs) No, and what are you going to name it? Oh, well, I'm just going to name it Roach. Any given bug. They're all all Roach. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Roaches in New York City is a match made in hell but <laughs> I, it's it just too perfect literally yes. too perfect um yes. so funny enough angel did catch a venipede as well just because oh, i mean I'm it is just an that awesome made it looking onto her list i was shocked genuinely it is shocked very but, cool yeah and she wanted to name it deadly roly-poly so oh, there is okay. a and you know, with Pokemon naming conventions, you know, you have so many letters for all the storage systems. So it's basically diddly really pully, but it is meant to be deadly roly poly. Um, and she wasn't done there. She also oh. found a Sawaddle 
and named it Chrysalis. Oh, nice. I can see. Okay, hey. yeah, that that one I can see for sure. So more cute. Okay, so Nick replaced Liam, who had evolved into a Servine, um, and also sent Liam back to the daycare to hang out with Seb. So um, that's how Nick's six shake out. I, I've lost track. Is Angel at six now, or has she changed up the team the, at all? No, no, no. So that would put her at six. I don't know if she's going to keep okay. two bugs. Um, yeah. I think one of them may end up in the box or in a daycare, but yeah. it was just, they both looked cool, so it was like getting some options. So I think get, okay. getting into next week episode, well, she'll have more of an idea of which one to move forward with. Um, yeah, but they're sense. both in like the 15 to 16 range right now, just kind of getting trained up. Um, nice. Now, as we're fighting through our way through the forest and everything, there are different Team Plasma grunts within here. Uh, and once you beat, there's a, there's four different ones. And once you beat the fourth one, he begrudgingly returns to the Dragon Skull, which apparently they didn't want on anyway, because some other weirdo jumps in and is just <laughs> like, oh, we didn't need it in the first place. Duh. That was my impression of him. Um, luckily, Lenore and Berg show up to give us backup. Yeah, and, and the grunts and the weirdo just run off. And Lenora thanks us for the Dragon Skull, but it sounds like there was no plan here because, unless I misheard, they didn't want it. Like they didn't even seem like this is what the thing they wanted. Like they stole the wrong thing. Oh man, Derek! Oh, we're so dumb. This is obviously a distraction. They pulled two gym leaders and the protagonist into Pinwheel Forest to chase after this dragon school that they themselves tell us they didn't even want. Oh man, something way worse must have happened somewhere else. They probably put so many shoes on Pokemon. Oh man. We're going to get back in the main path and every Pokemon is just going to look miserable with little baby shoes on their foots. Okay. So you're... (laughs) That's me being a Pokemon with shoes on. (laughs) Um, but before okay. we do wrap it up, we did get a Moonstone. We did get a Moonstone for the Dragon Skull. That's important. Not that I don't know of any Pokemon that I, we need a Moonstone to evolve, but it's pretty. The so. only one I can think of that matters is Clefairy, which is not in Unova. So I don't... Yeah. I'm sure there's other stuff that needs a Moonstone in Unova, and it's not important. So... Yeah. The end. Basically. <laughs> so... Woo! Now, that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode. When we get into next week, we're going to get into Skyro Bridge... All of the chaos that is Castellia City um, and getting at the Castellia Gym and beyond. It's going to be a very, very good time in a city of pure chaos. Uh, but for <laughs> now, this has been Pokemon Radio with your hosts, Derek and Ceci. I'm Professor Oak's Pokemon Talk. Ceci, hit him with the social media. If you're on Instagram or Twitter, you can find us at Pokemon Radio Pod. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Um, that's where you'll get the most up-to-date information about the show and our scheduling in particular. Um, we have had to do a few changes to this season just with the holidays and travel and all of that. So, um, going forward, we'll be doing a bi-weekly release of standard season episodes like this one. Um, and we will be working to release some bonus episodes on the off weeks. Uh, I can't make any promises that that'll happen every single week, but we're going to do our best to at least, uh, give you something to listen to throughout the holiday season and all of the traveling uh, time that goes along with that. Um, So that being said, uh, we'll go back to, we're thinking our standard weekly release schedule starting in January of 2023. So that would be January 2nd right now is going to be our first week back at our normal schedule. 
But in the meantime, if you listen uh, to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts, please give us a rate and review. Um, and do subscribe or follow the show on whatever platform you listen on with the changes and release schedule and, you know, possible bonus episodes and stuff. That's going to be the easiest way to make sure that, like, you're getting episodes when they come out. Um, and knowing that you're not potentially missing something if you're expecting an episode to come out and it doesn't. If you're subscribed, it should automatically push out new episodes to you um, when they release. So, do that! This show is made possible by support for your Goldrod Public Radio subscription from listeners like you. Always remember, in the Pokemon system, Unova trainers are considered especially talented. In Castellia City, the dedicated trainers who challenge the Pokemon League are usually members of an elite squad but not Nick and Angel. These are their stories. Also, Lightheart doesn't evolve into level 20, so it's still a Perloin. Whoops. Okay, so at this point it is still a... that one again? Yeah. <laughs> We are not recording things from the in. past. Yeah, you should just put, do a do a cut in of just level or purloin like your voice just going purloin like, uh, <laughs> like obviously oh, a cut in. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well. <laughs>